Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. From time to time, we come across the weird and wonky news stories, and today's show is precisely one of those. It's one of those stories that seems to defy logic. But then again, in the litigious good old U.S. of A., even the most seemingly benign things can be caused for a lawsuit. The owner of Ivy Lane Apartments in Bergenfield, New Jersey, settled a discrimination complaint and agreed to pay $30,000 to a man who applied to live in the apartments. Well, that's actually not quite accurate. He didn't actually apply. He visited the leasing office and asked about living in the apartment complex. Now, according to the story, Richard Morin visited Ivy Lane Apartments to ask about renting a one-bedroom unit and alleged that the management company, Tower Management, said he needed to meet a $33,000 a year minimum income requirement. Now, it didn't take into account public assistance. Mr. Moran, who has a disability, planned to pay about $386 out of pocket to cover the rent of $995, paying the rest with Section 8 vouchers. He left Ivy Lane without filling out a rental application, according to the details in the 10-page court filing. He also never mentioned that he would be using a Section 8 voucher to make up for his income shortfall. He simply left and assumed he would not qualify. Now, according to New Jersey law, it's unlawful for any person to refuse to rent a property to a prospective tenant because of a lawful source of income, including a Section 8 voucher. But the tenant was never refused because they never actually applied. The tenant made the assumption based on an incomplete conversation. And somehow, the property management company was alleged to have discriminated against the prospective tenant. The motion was started in April of 2010 and finally settled more than a decade later in October of 2020. According to the Civil Rights Division in the New Jersey Attorney General's office, in order to be eligible for Section 8, a person must generally have low income, so applying a minimum income requirement to them without regard to the portion of the monthly rent that they will be actually required to pay defeats the purpose of Section 8 and could lead to widespread discrimination. Now, Tower Management, who are based in River Edge, New Jersey, design new documentation for prospective tenants that makes it clear on what's required to qualify. Some property management companies have a practice of looking up the records of landlord-tenant tribunal cases that have been brought against a prospective tenant. Now, unless the tenant was evicted, the fact that they appeared before the tribunal can't be held against the tenant. In fact, They don't even want an eviction that's more than four years old to be used as part of the judgment as to whether to accept the tenant. And even if there's a dozen such cases against the same tenant, unless one of those cases resulted in a judgment or an eviction in the last four years, that information can't be used in making a tenant qualification decision. The New Jersey Attorney General's office said there are many other obstacles to fair housing, including rejecting applicants who have less than perfect credit even if they seek to pay with state or federal housing vouchers. The company, Tower Management, plans to emphasize in its new policy that it won't turn down applicants because of filings in landlord-tenant court, such as an action that didn't result in an eviction, or a judgment that's more than four years old. The company would also consider applicants who don't have the level of credit it normally requires if the person plans to use rental assistance. The New Jersey Attorney General's office has held up the case as setting a precedent in the state for how discrimination cases should be handled. I'll be the first to say that anti-discrimination laws are vital and important to maintaining a just society. I can't stand it when I see examples of injustice because someone's been discriminated against for their gender, for their religious beliefs, maybe their cultural background, sexual orientation, or any of a lengthy list of possible forms of discrimination. In this particular instance, 
the tenant was not turned down because they never actually applied. Holding the landlord responsible in this instance seems to cross a line in my view. Then again, I'm not a human rights lawyer and perhaps I'm missing something. So why am I telling you this? As a landlord, as this case demonstrates, you might be held liable for something that you said, or more importantly, something that you didn't say when it comes to human rights complaints. If the tenant had simply asked whether a Section 8 voucher could be used in place of the income qualification, the whole decade-long legal case could have been averted. But this case puts the responsibility on the landlord to communicate the rental policy fully and completely in writing to the prospective tenant. So Tower Management wrote Mr. Moran a check for thirty grand and updated their policy and provided training for their property managers on the policy. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.